Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fenton dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Supercoach Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. It's been a two-month wait. Footy's just about back. We've had our first team list of, in a long time now, coming up to round three. Very exciting stuff. Joining us tonight is 2019 runner-up and resident Queenslander, Walson Carlos. Mate, how are we? Oh, yeah, good boys. Just can't wait. Two more, what is it, two more sleeps until we get some footy and Team lists are out, so got to digest all the info from that. So, yeah, looking forward to the pod tonight. Absolutely, mate. Also with us is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you going, fellas? Um, yeah, very excited, but I'll tell you what, two days could seem like an eternity. I'm trying not to think about it too much, so I just want it to be Thursday night right now and rip into it. Yeah, you're not wrong. The team list have absolutely rattled me. They've rattled my trades a fair bit. There were... A lot of things that did surprise me. A couple of teams, the Tigers to a, to a degree, the Warriors have ripped themselves apart and changed things up. Um, so we have heaps to go through tonight. We'll, we'll run through all the teams that came out today, talk about what we've seen, what we've noticed in them, uh, talk about our trades that we're going to be doing for round three, talk a few, about a few captain choices, then take a stack of questions at the end. Um, anyone interested in the site and the articles we do there, jump on to scplaybook.com.au. During the break, we've added a few little features to it. We've added a fan forum, so if you want to get on there and have a chat with other Supercoach fans, get some trade advice, that sort of things, you can do that. Uh, our contributors as well are jumping on there and answering a few questions on top of that. Walton's been awesome at it so far, so easy advice there. Uh, and we've also got a VC loophole calculator. Um, basically what that is is for to help you determine whether it's worth double-pointing your vice-captain and using that loophole. Uh, a few people aren't sure what the VC loophole is, uh, we'll knock out an article on that later in the week to make it a little bit clearer, but a good tool for you there to use. Um, guys, a few subscription stories available on the story each week. That's premium content. If you are interested in that, it's $30 for the NRL package, $40 for the NRL and Big Bash package, which covers the whole season. So jump in and take a look at that. Uh, enough of all that anyway. Let's look into the good stuff, starting with the team's analysis. Friday night, sorry, Thursday night, we've got the Broncos versus the Eels at Suncorp Stadium. Um, all of these team changes coming from NRL.com. At the Broncos, Alex Glenn returns in place of the injured David Feeder. J. 
Joe Offen Gowhey's back from suspension on the bench in place of Knights bound Andrew McCulley. Matt Lodge named in the reserves and could be a late inclusion on the bench while TPK suspended for the next three rounds. Uh, guys, just as a heads up, teams have just dropped. We're all just looking at them now. So much to go on, but we're just going to run with it and see what we can see what we can make of it. Um, big news at the Broncos with Lodge lurking on the bench. Good news for Tommy Flegler. Um, Fair bit happening there. Jamil Hopawade, he looks set for another 80-minute stint with Fafida out. Massive cheapie on the cards there. Walton has the Queenslander. I'll start with you, mate. What would you take from the Broncos? Yeah, that's probably what I expected. Uh, I, I've been sort of tossing up. The player of interest for me and the one that uh, you really need to look at is Flegler. Um, and I, I'm not sure how this affects him. I, now I come to think of it, I'm hearing that Lodge will, will get included on the bench. And I'd say Kennedy will drop out and Lodge will play about 40 minutes. I'd say Offerhangawi will play 40 minutes. So that's 80 minutes of the middles. So you've got to do your calculations about how's it going to work out for Flegler, Haas and Carrigan. I think, you know, Haas has shown that he'll play 70 to 80. Carrigan probably plays 65 to 70. So maybe there isn't a lot of minutes left there for Flegler. So um, that's the question you have to ask yourself because he's certainly going to earn some money, but it, whether whether he's going to be a a keeper is is the call that people have to make. Yeah, absolutely. And there's guys like Tanua Brown at the Warriors who's been named to start, Emre Guler at the Raiders who uh, there's no John Bateman there, so he should get decent minutes again, who are you know close to 100K cheaper, who I'm probably looking a little bit more towards them than Flegler with a little bit more Flegler with more job security. Another guy I'm interested in is Jake Turpin. Uh, with Andrew McCulloch now gone news during the week, Turpin looks like he'll probably play 80 minutes at hooker, especially with Harvey, Herbie Farnworth named as the utility. Um, I know Drinkwater's the obvious sort of mid-range in the halves there, but I think I think you can get more solid points out of Turpin. Probably not the same immediate price rise, obviously, but he has piqued my interest. Why would you the Broncos? Yeah, probably similar to what Walsh had to say, mate. Um, no major surprises. Obviously, Lodge is coming back, so they might ease him in a little bit with uh, not as big minutes as normal. For me, like you mentioned with um, Tommy Flegler, I think there might be some better options because at this stage of the year, the way it's going, we sort of want to jump on guys that will make super quick cash. I don't think Flegler's going to end up a keeper or anything like that, so he's not someone you can probably lock in and hold on to for months given all that depth in the Broncos forward pack. Look, I could be wrong because he played some really, really good footy in the first two weeks. But I think while he'll get good minutes to help the Broncos as a team, I don't think they'll be big enough to help your super coach side potentially. So I'm going to steer clear of him. Um, the other one that really piqued my interest and has for a while was Jamil Hopawadi. Uh, we'll discuss trades a little bit later, but I've left one trade open out of my five at the moment while I decide what to do. And he may actually be one of them because you can sort of lock him into your bench for a few weeks while Fafita's out, maybe two or three weeks. Really solid points. Take a heap of cash at the same time and then upgrade later on. So he's one I'm looking at. And Turpin's just a real big wait and see for me. I don't know if he's someone I'll be playing this year at all, but it's pretty exciting to see what he might be able to do nonetheless. At the Eels, Murata Niakora replaces Nathan Brown at lock. Brown is suspended till round five, so probably don't get too excited about that one. Ray Stone joins the bench. Hooker Reed Marnie's been named to start after breaking his foot in round two. Um, lads, not too much different at Parramatta. They're a side that's been impacted by the draw a fair bit. They had that really easy run of fixtures early in the comp, which they now probably don't have as much. 
few obvious decent options there. Spy, I'll start with you. Any thought to para? Um, yeah, I'll be bringing Ryan Madison in. I really wanted him to start the year, but I couldn't quite fit him in. Um, I've, I've done a few things to make sure I can get him now to start the second stint of the year. I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully he plays his 80 minutes and hopefully attacking stats come. Uh, the other one I want to keep an eye on, and definitely won't be yet, but it's uh, Mike Acevo. I think he could be really damaging if the Eels are as good as I think they could be this year, especially if they get to play some footy on some dry tracks. Um, I was going to have a real close watch on him for a couple of weeks while a few of my centres make some money, and I might take a bit of a flyer on him if he looks good enough. He did look a little unfit to start the season, so I'll need him to be back to his damaging best before I do that. Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, anything new from you, at, uh, you Wilson? No, I think it's fairly straightforward with the yields. I, I, I'm interested in Brown and Madison, but I'm not sure that I'll get either in, but, I, but I'm considering them. Yeah, and there's, again, with a, a pretty well identical lineup to what we saw in round two, it's nothing we haven't covered in the past at Parramatta. So we'll move on from that one. Cowboys versus Titans, Friday 6pm up in Townsville at the Cowboys, who are an extremely relevant supercoach team. Michael Morgan, who's out till round seven, and Gavin Cooper, who was also a surprise withdrawal, to my information. Uh, they're out with Jake Clift at halfback and Mitchell Dunn in the second row. Shane Wright joins the bench. Um, as I said, plenty of interest there. I'll go back to you, Olsen. Thoughts at the Cowboys? Yeah, Gavin Cooper, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, because we know that it were, I think a lot of people probably would have thought, you know, for daily fantasy that he would have been a good purchase because he's running at that weak uh, right-hand side defence of, of the Titans. So Mitchell Dunn might be one there for DFS players. But uh, I think Drinkwater, I think you're almost obligated to get him in. Some people will consider Val Holmes. Um I know, I know. There's there's a train of thought out there that Cohen Hess could be a good buy as well. Uh, but yeah, from for my part, I've already got Eason Masters, and I will be getting Scott Drinkwater. Yeah, good shout. My um, I'm if it wasn't for the Cowboys playing the Titans, I think I would have gone Turpin over Drinkwater. But with that negative, massive negative break even and the match up against the Titans, you can play Drinkwater with a fair bit of security and obvious money to be to be made there. So I'll probably hold on. Um, I do like Cohen Hess a lot, which I've stated the last few weeks, but there's a lot of good second rollers on the market available. So I'm just not sure how he fits into, into that spot, uh, Spy. Yeah, it's a huge list of fantasy potential, isn't it, the Mighty Cowboys? Um Val Holmes, I actually think one that could have a big couple of weeks. He's just chiming in a lot and he's getting a lot of decent ball out the back. Without Morgan, I'm not sure how that'll be affected. But guys, if you were looking at Valentine, if he fits your plans, then he could be a nice little fire. Might make some cash as well. Not for me with how things have panned out, but I don't mind him. SR Masters, I agree, he's an absolute gun. So if you're looking at him, nothing to worry about there, I wouldn't think. Got his drink water's already been touched on. He'll be coming into my side. We'll discuss that down the line a little bit in a few minutes. Um, and obviously Jason Tamalolo, we know how good he is. So there's there's plenty of options there, and it really sparks up this match from a viewer's perspective because I looked at the draw and thought, 6 o'clock Friday, Cowboys-Titans, not really a blockbuster by any means, but with all those guys playing, uh, the beauty of Supercoach comes to the fore there. Yeah, keep it short and sharp at the Titans because there's while there is team changes, there's bugger all Supercoach relevance going on there outside of Jairo. I know, Walsham, 
that Philip Sammy was a guy you you partially had your eye on while he was at fullback. Uh, the Titans have brought in Jamal Fogarty at halfback, Ash Taylor at five eight. Obviously, Tyrone Roberts has moved to fullback, which means Sammy's back onto the wing where I don't think he can be considered. No Brian Kelly, no Bryce Cartwright. Tyrone Peachy starts at centre, which is good news for anyone who does own him. Um, he's not a long-term option, but you might be able to squeeze a little bit of money out of him. Uh, any thoughts there, Wilson? Oh, not a lot. I think Jai Arrow is the only relevant player. I'm holding Arrow because I thought he was good enough. The bench worries me a little bit. Uh, you've got to fit minutes in from Whitbread, Jared Wallace, and Shannon Boyd. So um, that's interesting. Hipgrave playing run on second row. I'm not sure he'll get 80 either. He's been out for a long time uh, with, you know, multiple concussions. And pre- previously he was a he was a middle forward too. So there's a few curly ones in there. Even Tyrone Roberts playing fullback is a strange one. But in terms of uh, super coach relevance, it's really how many minutes does Arrow get and uh, how many points can he churn out. I'm giving him one more week if he can – put something good together, then I'll probably keep him. Otherwise, I'll look to possibly go to a Madison or someone like that. Yeah, he's a tough one. In, in round one, he played 53 minutes, and that was I think, due to illness that his minutes were down a bit. Played 80 minutes in round two, where while he only scored about 56 or 57, um, I think if he's playing 80 minutes, Jai Arrow's a must-have in the second row. Um, as you said, the three middles on the bench is a bit of a worry. So it's a wait and see. But if I did own, I, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with him. And you know, going forward, um, Spy. Yeah, I've got I I own Arrow, sorry, and I'll be holding him. I, I love his potential. And one thing looking at that bench that I'm hoping may happen is that he gets his 50, 60 minutes in the middle, and then maybe he does go to an edge for someone like Hipgrave for the last 20 or 30, giving him that 80 minutes. Because if he can get 80 minutes, I'll be bloody pumped, lads. But we'll just have to see what happens, won't we? Yeah, Roosters Rabbitohs Friday night block pass start 7:55 at the traditionally Supercoach friendly Banquest Stadium at the Roosters. Josh Morris starts in the centres with brother Brett moving to the wing and Matt Ikavali dropping out. Boyd Cordner lines up for his first game of the year in place of Mitch Orbison, who is out due to family reasons. Satili Tupanua and Matt Butcher replace Co Siwa Takiaho and that will pronounce his name, but. Oaso Farmacilli in the 17. I think I did pretty well. Um, fair bit going on at the Roosters. Don't be tempted by Angus Crichton because obviously we've got uh, Mitch Orbison, who's here, likely back next week. We'll find out a little bit more about that in coming days. Um, oh, the big one there is Takiaho, who had an okay opening to the year, but I think a lot of coaches would own. Um I think if you own Takiaho now, you probably have to sell. He is named at 18, so have a look at him on game day. Spy, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I spruiked uh, Takiaho a bit in the preseason, but one of the concerns was how many minutes he was going to play consistently throughout the year. With how good the Roosters are, especially in the forwards, just the depth they have, this could be a classic case of him just getting a rest if he's got a niggle. So it's pretty concerning if you own him. I'm glad I didn't start with him at this point in time, but you just have to see what happens on game day um, or potentially just plan to get rid of him now that he's sort of being rested, it appears. Um, outside of that, though, not a lot for the Roosters. We know how good Teddy is. Everyone wants him. Um, just a matter of whether whether you can get him at this stage of the season. Yeah, that's it. There's um, surprisingly not that much going on at the Roosters in terms of Supercoach for the time being. With a few players set to drop in price, such as Teddy and Kiri. Now Takiyaho gone. Um, anything to add there, Wilson? Oh, I'm, I've, I, with the changes and the shortened season and 
the emphasis on points. I, I'm really struggling with the fact that I don't have Teddy in my side. I think he's probably going to finish the highest scoring player. So I think when it comes to trades, I'm going to really try and get him in, even though you're paying premium price. And I think he's like 120 break even, but just not having him in my side just makes me feel really uneasy. Um, I did a bit of an experiment and had a look at what he averages for the teams that he plays in the next five weeks. Cause there's been a lot of media about how soft the, the uh, sorry, how hard the Roosters draw is, but the next five weeks um, is very open super coach wise. I, I feel I think they play um, obviously South, which I think is a good side to score against. And they play the Broncos and, and Bulldogs, St. George and someone else. But I mean, it's not a bad run at all. I think he averages around about 76 um, against those teams. So if he got that, um, maybe he got a little bit in price, but I'd be happy with that. Yeah, that's it. He's got his 85 or whatever it was from round two and his rolling average. So as soon as the round one, 45 or so, whatever he got, drops out, provided he gets a few this weekend, he, yeah, that the break even isn't going to be too, too high, you wouldn't think. So as I'm with you. I think as far as these top price guys who are set for a price reduction in coming weeks, he's got to be the number one on your list to get him in. Um, hopefully someone like Ryan Pappenhausen can max out or go close to it quicker than we'd hoped um, so that we can make that trade without any regrets. A uh, fair bit happening at South Sydney as well. Cody Walker suspended for two rounds. Uh, James Roberts is out but has interestingly been named in the extended squad, which poses a few question marks. Alex Johnson and Troy Dargan joined the back line. Bailey Siernan and the height, the, the much height Patrick Margot joins the interchange with Harme Sele dropping out. Um, the interesting one here for Liam Knight, Cam Murray, Jaden Sewer, all these guys, is that there's four forwards named on the bench, three of them middle forwards as well. Um, that's an issue because in rounds one and two, they had Alex Johnson on the bench. So a bit of an issue for the minutes of these guys, Liam Knight probably being the big one. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, a little concerning there. Um I'll also point out to everyone, though, that the 17 there doesn't necessarily mean that's how the bench will be come game day. Things may change a little bit, especially on that bench. But at the moment, that's a little bit of a worry. Um, but, I mean, there's probably it's probably not the biggest concern in the world if you're, if you're holding night for one more week and maybe just see what happens. I mean, it's, he's not going to cost you a heap of cash. He probably still, should still score okay. Uh, but probably for Murray, is that a concern? He's probably too good not to be playing 80, to be honest. So he's probably a little bit safer than everyone else. Um, and we'll just quickly touch on Braden Burns, who we've talked about in the past. We were Me and you, Tim, were very big on him coming into the season. But after his horror start and the risk of Luttrell coming into the centres, Tabaresque, he, he's a bit of a must-sell, isn't he? Yeah, I have fought tooth and nail to defend Cameron Murray because I've got a man crush on him all through pre-season, all through the postponed season on the podcast. But nothing is falling his way. He just he, – a tough couple of opening matchups. The new draw comes out and he has a couple of brutal games. I think it's obviously the Roosters and then maybe Melbourne to play. Um, this week they named four forwards on the bench, which could impact him again. Um, there's just nothing going in favour of Cam Murray. And the more I look at him, I'm thinking maybe he is a sell. I th- I'll probably stick with him, but if I was advising and being honest, at the price, and the, I think he's got a triple-figure break-even, he probably is a sell. Um, Wilson, what are your thoughts on Cam Murray and the Rabbitohs in general? Yeah, I have Cam Murray, and he has been disappointing, um, and he's a sell for mine. But it's not – I don't think it's 
it's here, the way he's playing sort of personally. It's just position he's been put in. He doesn't have the same workload. And Cody Walker being out to the other thing, play on that left edge where you're backing to get some attack outside Cody. Cody's gone for a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, that's huge, you know. And and I I, I fully expect the Roosters to put a put a decent score on South Sydney. I think they'll win. Like if there's any punters out there, I'd be taking the Roosters at the start because um, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. South Sydney, uh, the four forwards on the bench. Very strange setup. Um, the 18s, Bryson Goodwin, he's a very good player. He's going to be putting some pressure on um, Braden Burns. You know, Bennett's generally a coach that sticks with players, you know, for a long, long time before he gets rid of them. But Braden Burns, he was pretty ordinary in those first couple of weeks. So, um, and he's an he's an accomplished player. Uh, Bryson Goodman. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes into the 17 somewhere. I don't know much about Bailey Siren and whether he's a utility or whatever, but um, it seems seems a bit strange that there's four forwards on the bench. Yeah, it is, it is a bit. And I'm with you. I'd, I think from what we've seen from Bennett the first few weeks and in the past that he'll go with the utility on the bench, but we'll wait and see. Um, Warriors-Dragons, 3 p.m. on Saturday at Central Coast Stadium. Um, an absolutely enthralling matchup, this one, for the punters. It's a, probably fortunate that no one can go and watch it. Nah, it's a bit harsh. But the Warriors have been good to us the last couple of months, so and we've got a, a Warriors fan on the podcast. Whilst I'm very interested to get your thoughts on the Warriors, lots of changes, naturally. Uh, David Fusatua is unavailable. Patrick Herbert, Peter Hiku, Jared Bell, and Cody Nikarima replace Fusatua, Adam Pompey, the injured Adam Kieran, and Chanel Harris-Tavita in the back line. In the forward pack, Lachlan Burr, Cheapy, Jermaine, Tanua Brown and Isaiah Papali'i join the starting pack with Carl Lawton and Ignatius Parsi added to the bench. Heaps going on there. Um, two excellent Cheapies in that side with Elisa Katoa, who has been benched, and Jermaine Tanua Brown, who now starts with Lisa Arm out, out of the way. Mate, make sense of all that for us, please. Oh, I don't know how to be... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole preseason, they trained with uh, I, Isaiah Papalihi. Uh, he, you know, he was converting himself into a, a middle forward, and I think that's in preparation for Ben Murdoch and Silla coming next year, and and that type of thing. And they've obviously got Tohu Harris there, and now they've got Eliasa Katoa. So they've got three really good edge back rowers. Uh, again, I don't expect that to hold up. I think that. What will probably happen is Jermaine Sunil-Brown might move to the bench. Papalihi will start in the front row or Blair will start in the front row and Papalihi will go to lock, you know, the same position really. And then I think Katoa will start on the edge. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Um, yeah, because it, it, it is strange. Uh, unless he's thinking maybe take, him out, take Katoa out of the first 20 minutes of the game, but... Yeah, this this is a really hard round because you're going to have to be on your toes during the round and maybe keep your trades to the last minute and also who you play as your reserves and captains and vice-captains and whatnot, you know, right until the last minute because they're allowed to name these extended squads and, you know, I, they could pull in players from anywhere. I, I, he's he, The other thing that I want to say is, like, Kearney's clutching at straws a little bit with, you know, dropping Chanel harris Vita. Uh, I, I think Blake Green's the issue there, like, but uh, I, I think because he's such a leader in the side and so well liked that 
you know, he had no other option but to drop the other half. But Chanel Harris-DeVita hardly touched the ball in the first two rounds, and that's that's more about game plan rather than um, – Yeah, they've um, – it is interesting. It's not a great show of faith in young Harris Tavita, who looks like he has a bright future ahead of him, but um, interesting to see what happens anyway. Um, Spy, just one thought from the Warriors I want from you. With Katoa, now that he has been benched, let's say he does remain on the bench come game day, if you weren't an owner, would you still be bringing him in regardless or would you be worried? <laughs> Look, I, I luckily own him, but I'd bring him in anyway. I think he's just too good not to be playing at least pretty good minutes. I think he's going to be playing 60 to 80 potentially, and he's so cheap. He's got a massive break even. So I think you get him in, and if he starts, he'll be on my bench as a fourth, third or fourth reserve. And if he doesn't, that's when your question mark comes in of whether you actually play him in your 17. But, mate, I'd be, I'd be grabbing him. Yeah, it's a great shout. I um. I'm with you. I'd still be getting him if I didn't own. But if he's on the bench, I won't be playing him in 17s until we see him play 50 to six minutes, 50 to 60 minutes off the bench like we did in round one. Um, at the Dragons, we won't spend too long on them because although there's a lot of changes, there's not a heap of Supercoach relevance going on. Cameron McGuinness, Tarek Sims, Corbin Sims, Michaeli Ravalawa returned from injury. With Zach Lomax shifting to centre. Blake Laurie and Tyrell Fui Maono moved to the bench. And Tim Laffey and Isaac Luke. Uh, out of the 21. Okay, on first read, I didn't notice that Isaac Luke was out of the 21. So that would suggest that Cam McGuinness will play his 80 minutes at hooker, which initially it was touted that he'd, he'd shifted the back row for 20 or 30 minutes as Isaac Luke came on. Uh, so that's interesting. Zach Lomax, he's a decent player this week in 17s if the Dragons can put a few on the Warriors, but not without risk. Um, Spy, thoughts at the Dragons? Really, mate, not a lot to see here. Um, Lomax, I don't mind him in the centres if you're owning because he should make some tackles, have a few runs, kick a few goals. I don't think he's going to go off by any means unless the Warriors really struggle, but at least he's got a bit of a base there for owners. Uh, the big one is probably Fui Maiano. A lot of people were having a look at him, but now that Tarek's back on an edge there and he's back to a bench, he's probably a bit of an avoid for mine, I think. To be honest, I haven't looked into him largely, though, because I didn't really want to own him. Had some better options. But what are your thoughts on Fuimano there? Mate, I'm with Fuimano. I just think there's, there's too much competition for minutes there. I mean, we've already seen Trent Merrin relegated from the, the 17 completely. Um, so I won't be going near him, and, and I'd... I think the only way he gets big wins is with any injury. So I think he's a bit of a trap. Um, while some thoughts there. Yeah, I, this is just another case, like the Warriors, like the Titans, of a coach who's just, you know, he's just struggling and for answers a little bit. So he's trying to mix it up and, and shock his team into some form, I think. Um, I actually don't mind Jordan Pereira as a really, really left field pod. Um, he's a good tackle buster. So he has that in base and, you know, they have a decent draw over the next two weeks. So if someone's looking for an out there play, I think Pereira's pretty good or DFS fan. Really army I have and I'm probably leaning towards uh, playing him because this, this is probably be two of the best weeks that you'll get with him and then trade him out when he peaks. Um, I think Lomax is a fair play, but I wouldn't be getting him in. Uh, ben Hunt's a really left field Play, but I wouldn't be getting him in. Cameron McInnes, I'm very interested in, but uh, I'll probably have a look first. And the volatility around the way the side's named, and 
you know, he was going to play dummy half and then he was going to play lock and now there's no reserve dummy half on the bench. So I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going on with McGregor there. Yeah, with such a mix-and-match Warriors outfit, I think the Dragons may put a few on them this week. So I think guys like Lomax and Viliami are decent enough players, particularly Lomax with the goal-kicking intact. So I'll, I'll be pretty tempted to play him in my 17th just for this week and not much going forward. Uh, under the next game, Sharks-Tigers, 5.30pm on Saturday at Bankwest Stadium. What's happening at the Sharks? Britton Nakora returns from a shoulder injury and Scott Sorensen shifts to the interchange. Billy Magulius drops to the extended bench. Matty Moylan has been named in the extended squad and could be a late inclusion after being named in reserves. This is mixed news for Will Kennedy owners who's set for a decent price rise, but, I mean, he's, he's not... If Moylan's back, he won't get it. So you definitely wouldn't be bringing him in with Moylan working, but hopefully them owners, Moylan misses out for one more week. Um, with the news of Bronson Sherry um, on alleged drug charges, which came out today as well, he's out of there, which is... A massive bummer for my Supercoach draft team. It does give Sione Katoa a reprieve on the wing, and he has a massive negative break even and a pretty nice run of games coming up as well. So Katoa could be a, a bit of a smoky one there. Uh, Walson, thought to the Cronulla Sharks? Yeah, Moylan's just so injury-prone, isn't he? It's sort of... Uh, I, I think that's been a real. Uh, I think when they got him from Penrith, they thought he was going to be really good, but geez, he hasn't played many games for them. Um, I think Josh Dugan's a, a real pod play again, left field pod play, particularly now moving into the centres. I would have, I would have liked to have seen them play him at fullback, but he probably doesn't have the cardio these days. But um, playing outside Sean Johnson more than likely. Um, I like him as a pod play. They got it. It's been well publicised that Cronulla have one of the softer draws. Uh, I actually like Zeri before all that uh, Asada stuff come out today. That's a bit of a shame. It, it sounds like he has been doing the wrong thing, which um, I thought he was a left field pod player as well. So that's out the window. Toby Rudolph should should be um, should create a bit of money for everyone. So yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, people could say Wade Graham is a left field play but um i'm not going to go there i've i've never been too interested in jesse ramian um so i know do you have him to me yeah i own him and and i'm pretty happy with which i'll get to in a sec Mm. yeah well he i mean the thing for me is we've spoken in the past about how you know um sj throws that cut out to the winger a lot more than he plays short or he goes short to his back row he doesn't often hit the center um Mm. But his base stats in round one and two were like, it was something like 36 base per game, which is massive. Um, so I'm not too put off by him and I'll be holding. But it's a good point you make there on with Dugan back, who when he does play on the edge is on the flanks, he's more of a right side player. So do you think Ramian switches to the left side, which would be a massive blow not playing outside SJ? Well, that's what I was going to say to you. I, I actually think totally different to what you said. I was thinking about it today and when you look at what he did in that All-Stars game, and, and, and he looks unnatural playing on that left-hand side, but in terms of just pure super coach, I'm not talking about how he goes as a footy player, but he, what he does on that left-hand side is he get the, he gets the ball like a little, you know, uh, underrater, and he just wants to, start, he, he wants to start coming back inside and palming off blokes. Yeah, okay. And he had about he had yeah, five or six attack. or 11, 11 tackle breaks or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was more like 11. It was, it was mental. Mm. So, I mean, I actually think a move to the left in terms of supercoach, they're, they're 
fairly pointless runs unless, I mean, I, I don't know if you can create, if, if they create some break in the defensive pattern by doing that, but they look fairly pointless. But in terms of super coach, like it's two points every time you break a tackle, you know. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, in, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I don't think Dugan's suited to play on left side either. So, yeah. Yeah, um, and Toby Rudolph's a good call. You've got – he's a guy I'm seriously looking at this week. I'm tossing up between him and a couple of others, which we'll get to later. Um, but with Connor Tracy on the bench, you've got a utility there. Scott Sorensen is a specialist back rower. You've got just Rudolph and Hammond Ueli. So the minutes are there for Rudolph, and at basement price, he looks a really, really good buy. Um, spy, anything at the Sharks? <clears throat> Mate, looking at that side, there's you could talk about most of their players to some degree. So if anyone's got any specific questions around guys, send them through on on social media and we can check it out for you. But just on Rudolph, his points per minute was enormous last time they played. So if he does get minutes, he could be a nice little money maker and a potential bench player as well. So I'll have to have a good close look at him before kickoff on Thursday night or on Saturday when they play. Um, just looking through the rest of their side, Blake. Blake Braley's going to make some nice money over the next couple of weeks before you drop him down to Harry Grant. I know a couple of the boys on this, including Wilson, have talked about going early to Harry Grant, but all I'll say is Blake, Blake Braley's going to make probably 100 grand in the next two weeks without even really doing anything. So if it's a big gamble, I can understand the merit of doing it if Harry Grant is going to play 80 minutes, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, outside of that, Mate, you could talk about heats from Sean Johnson. Katoa could be a huge buy. He's got a good work rate, offloads the footy. And so they're a pretty interesting watch, the whole Sharks lineup. Billy Magulius missed out. He was looking like someone that could be a cheapie soon. So, yeah, look, if anyone's got any questions, send them through and we'll have a look at it. But a lot to unpack there. Just on that, by um, uh, Toby Rudolph, you've got to consider the players that he's splitting minutes with. Hamlin Ueli's a 40-minute player at best, probably 30 to 35. Uh, then you've got Jack Williams, who, even though he was much touted by Supercoach fans in the preseason, I think he's probably a 50 to 55-minute player at best. Then you've got Woods, who probably pushes out 60. But for Fida, you know, with, with his bung knees now, he's become a 40-minute player as well. So there's a lot of minutes there, um, yep. possibly for Toby Rudolph. And, and like uh, Timmy said, Sorensen's, you know, He's just a clear edge player. So I think they carry that edge player just because Wade Graham gets injured so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to it now quickly. But I, I was tossing up um, with who I moved Zane Musgrove down to out of um, Tanua Brown, Toby Rudolph, and we'll get to him later, but Emre Gula. And, I mean, the way the teams have dropped today, I know Tanua Brown's starting, but maybe uh, Toby Rudolph probably looks at the best prospect there. Anyway, moving on to the Tigers, Reshuffled back line features Adam Dewey moving to fullback and Moses Embiro turning to the centres. Corey Thompson is out, while new signing Harry Grant starts at hooker. Thomas McCaleb starts at prop with Alex Twole moving to lock. Massive news. Eliza Taylor out of the side. Oliver Clark, Billy Walters and Alex Safarth join Chris Lawrence on the bench. Boys, there's a fair bit to unpack here because Billy Walters gets a reprieve on the bench. We thought he'd be out of the squad entirely. It's probably just while Harry Grant eases into the 80-minute role, but if we want, we can leak a bit of a cash rise out of Billy Walters, who has a low break even. Um, Alex Twole named it lock instead of it prop. Um, you know, they've got – the Tigers have a couple of back rowers and a utility sort of hooker halfback on the bench. So Alex Twole, who I wanted to see another week or two of, 
all of a sudden looks a superb buy. Um, Walson, what's your take here? And I know you were keen on going early on Harry Grant. Are you put off that now? Yeah, I am. Um, and there's a couple of reasons. One was the spy. I, I mean, I flagged it because I felt like Maguire would possibly bring him in and play him 80 from the start. But I can understand why he, would, he might give him a week. But I, I don't think Billy Walters, you know, would be booking tickets for his family to the next game. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like I, I don't think he's going to be there for very long. And actually, it, it it serves me pretty well to keep Blake Braley and and another week on Harry Grant. The reason why I tossed it up, and I think Des jumped on it, and he's, you know, Desi's sort of looking at it, but he might change his mind now. He saw Walters on the bench. Was it was a bit of a pod play to, to jump in and grab someone before everyone jumps on because I think everyone's going to jump from Braley to Grant eventually, whether it's one week or two weeks, but all these people saying that they're going to do it in one week and two weeks, but then at the same time they're trading out David Fafida and Nathan Cleary and, you know, that's two trades you're going to have to get in as soon as they come back, I'd imagine. Maybe people are considering about going without David Fafida, but I don't think they'd be considering going without Cleary. But anyway, back onto the Tigers. I I think you've nailed it, Timmy. Twal is a must for me. Like, it's just sealed it now. Like, I think... Maguire has seen his potential as a big minute forward. Um, even though it's just a number, they all, you know, 8, 10 and 13 play the same sort of thing. Generally, a modern game, the player who's 13, you can lock them in for 60 minutes, uh, generally. So I think, um, yeah, he, he's, he's a really, really solid play. I was tossing up between uh, him, Flegler, um and someone else, but I, that'll lock Twal in for me, and I'll sit a week on Harry Grant. I really, I, I really like this team that, uh, that the Tigers have named because it was gutsy to drop someone like Corey Thompson, um, but he is an undersized winger, and you know, going against someone like Mulatalo or Katoa, who are really good in the air, they need then Jennings and um, Luke Brooks and Moses and Boy adds a lot to them. Yeah, dropping guys like Matt Eisenhuth, Zane Musgrove, or not Musgrove, but dropping Eisenhuth, Michael Cheekham, Josh Reynolds, pretty established NRL players. It, it shows some kahunas from Maguire, which we definitely know he's got. But, you know, it's the shake-up that the, probably the Tigers needed. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's good to see. Twelve looks amazing. I will say, keep a very close eye on team list, the final team list, because the bench does look a little light on. So, whether or not they bring one of these Eisenhuth or Musgroves onto that bench, um, instead of a Walters or a, a Seafarth, you know, it could change things up for Twole a little bit there. Um, Spy, what do you reckon, mate? Mate, I fully agree with that. The bench, it's a funny-looking bench. I was just, uh, before we went went on air here, chatting to my Tigers mate about it, and I got a two-minute response in WhatsApp about what could change, and he was very excited, though, about everything going on. And the big one for me is, as we discussed, around Alex Twell, because with the bench as it is, his minutes look so locked in and he becomes, as well said, a bit of a must. But the question mark would be, this is a Saturday afternoon game. I think it's the fourth game of the week, is it? So if something did happen with the bench and it looked like Twell might revert back to 55 minutes, you may have already had to make your trade and do that. In saying that, the beauty of Twell and the reason I really like him at this stage as an option is because he's going to make cash after he's explosion in the first couple of weeks where he had a line break or two and then someone went off and he played big minutes. So even if he does knock out 55 points for a couple of weeks for you, with the amount of trades we've got this year, 
you just upgrade him from there and take the cash. So, mate, I'm looking very hard at 12. He's a huge option. And what you got to consider, Spy, sorry, Timmy, that, like, the Tigers, in those two games that 12 played, I know there was sort of some injuries and HIAs, but they they had four forwards on the bench for both of those games. True. And, and I think people, people sort of in their minds are thinking, oh, Reynolds was on the bench, he was on the bench, but he was starting halfback because they didn't have Brooks. Great so, point. Yeah, when you look at the minutes, is that actually, the biggest question mark, actually, now that I think about it, and I've scrolled down a little bit further because I, I even forgot about this bloke, he's sort of a toiler, is – What's happened to Elijah Taylor? Like, is he injured? Because if he's not injured, then that's good for 12. But if he's got an injury that he's picked up and, you know, because he's the type of player that was a lock-in every week in the side, number 13. So, mate. Yeah, I reckon I have a theory that he, he could possibly possibly be done. He's just not offering as much as he used to as a player. Not that he was ever a powerhouse by any means, but... Yep. He's getting older and he's he really is a toiler these days. And I think the Tigers just need more, frankly. And on 12 as well, I just had a quick look. He's only 23 years old, so he's only going to get better. It's all pointing up for, for Big Alex. Yeah, it's a very exciting Supercoach game, that one. Looking forward to it. Storm versus Raiders, 7.35, Amy Park down in Melbourne on Saturday. Lads, we'll be here all night if we keep talking about every one of these teams for 24 hours, but... I'm gonna. I'll, I'll cut Melbourne a little bit short. Um, so what do we got there? They've got Tui Kamikamika, who was a popular, semi-popular cheapie for this one, uh, has missed out entirely. I'm not sure what's happened there, but um, we don't need to consider him, him anymore. Tom Eisenhuth out off the bench. Brandon Smith and Christian Welch joined the bench. Um, look, Melbourne. We know what we've got there. Pappenhausen's a hold for anyone that owns him, and still a pretty good buy for anyone that doesn't. Um, the big question mark which people are asking are Cameron Munster owners, do they hold or sell? Spy, you're on own, owner. What are you doing with Munster? <laughs> I dead set don't know. For the last two weeks, I've had him as a drop just to – I think he's going to drop some cash and then I can bring him back later. Then I did realise that, A, cash might not be as important with so many players popping up that can make that money for us. And, B, he plays South next week. And I just get the feeling that him and Pappenhausen could tear up South. So I'm actually going to look to probably hold him at this stage for that reason. And just if he happens to drop 50, 60K, I'll just cop that hit and hope he turns up shortly. Yeah. I, um, for what it's worth, if I did own Munster, I know it's tough, but I think he scored a pair of 40s to open up. Got a massive break even. A tough draw, in my opinion, particularly with the Raiders. I'd probably be looking at dropping and moving looking to get him back in two or three weeks' time as a cash grab with all these trades available. But anyway, it's... it's hit, well, actually, hit. J- just quickly, mate, I do agree, and that was my initial plan. Yeah. Uh, it's just I'm actually making so much money with my other trades and some other guys I already own. That's the reason I'm looking to hold Munster. Yeah. Canberra have named the same 17 field in round two with Jordan Rapana included among the reserves after rejoining the club after a brief stint in Japanese rugby. John Bateman re- remains on the sidelines after shoulder surgery. Um, we had a, an article from Sam Williams, the veteran Raider, uh, last week, and it tipped pretty much everything in this side that has come about. So get your eyes on that. Um, Joe Tappany, Corey Horsburgh, both look like very good buyers now, or at very least strongholds and strong plays in 17s. They'll continue their minutes. Emre Gula should maintain his minutes without uh, Bateman coming back into the fold. Um Fair bit going on at the Raiders, although incredibly they've kept the same 17 as they had from round two, which is mental. Uh, Walson, what do you reckon there, mate? Uh, yeah, I think 
I think it actually, when I looked at it, I thought Emre Gould was probably a fair play. And I don't know if you had some inside information. Well, what's what's the return time for Bateman? Because that's probably the key. Will you get two price rises out of Emre Gula? I, I think by the sounds of it, Bateman could be a few weeks away at least. Um, mm. And even if he does come back in round four, um, you're still going to get, you know, it could be off the bench. I think you still get enough minutes out of Gula that you'll see a pretty solid second price rise. So the issue with Gula is that the 95 or whatever he had in round one where he scored a try, set one up, had a line break, had a line assist, um, that'll drop out of his rolling average after this week. So his break even will drop pretty significantly, but, you know, it's, it's still a pretty good buy in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's a fair cash grab. Um, I've, I've already got uh, uh, Tanua Brown and um, Toby Rudolph, so... Uh, if I brought him in, then I mean I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd have to play one of them. Yeah. So that that's the issue with me bringing in Gula, but I see him as a person that you know can make quick cash, um, but probably not an option for me. But certainly for for people who have different makeup in their side, I think I'd rate them. If you if you're looking at those three getting him in, I'd put Rudolph Rudolph on top and Gula, and then JTB. Yeah, good shout. Well, I'm trying to decide between them three, so there you go. Um, and what was I? Oh, Nick Kotrick at the Raiders. is I was so close to starting with him. He's averaging about 58 points at the moment with an okay base. He's broken 23 tackles in the first two rounds. I know it was against the Titans and the Warriors, but that is some serious numbers from him in terms of tackle bus. Um, Spy, thoughts on the Raiders? Yeah, all I'd say is that you'd be absolutely stoked if you started with guys like um, you've got Horsburgh, Tarpany and those lads because not only do you get your five trades this week, you also get to hold on to those guys a little longer with Bateman out, so that's huge. Um, Gould was a great cast grab. Even if it's one week, I had a little look at maybe just doing it for one week. If he gets 40 or 45 points, I think he makes 80 or 90K. So it might be a real quick swing there. Um, on Kotrick, I just don't like his work rate. That worries me. Um and potentially just how the Raiders play their footy. They play through the middle a lot off Hodgson. So it just depends on the ball that Georgie Williams gets. Will Will Kotrick see a lot of footy this year? I'm not sure. Um, but, geez, busting some tackles, isn't he? Yeah. Panthers nights, 4.05 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Return to Sunday afternoon footy. Campbelltown Stadium at the Panthers. Far out stacks going on there as well. Matt Burton replaces Nathan Cleary in the halves. Kurt Capel returns to the pack with Zane Tedavano shifting to the bench. James Fisher-Harris moves to prop and Isaiah Yo to lock. Um, fair bit to unpack. All right. Isaiah Yo is super popular, as he should be. You, Most people love him. I think he's a pretty damn safe buy, but I am concerned about his minutes. You know, Kurt Capel starting in the back row in his first game of the season, coming back from injury. Um, Fisher-Harris has moved to prop now, so... I mean, how those minutes pan out, I'm not sure Isaiah Yo plays his 70-plus that we've seen, but he may. Stephen Crichton on the bench helps him a little bit. Um, Walsh, and I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on Penrith? Yeah, I think that's the best bench you could hope for, for Yo. Um, oh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a must-have. I'm just going to get him in and not, not try to overthink it. I think they're looking at maybe playing kick-out 60 minutes. Kate Wells a is a is an 80 minute player. He's one to watch um, moving forward. Yeah, Liam Martin will give that kick out that sort of 20 minute reprieve um, in the back row. 
I think so. And then, like, Liam Martin's a fairly versatile player. He can play in the middle. And then also you got Yo, who could, you know, hit maybe Martin or Leota or comes on at lock and Yo could go into the back row on an edge as well. Like, it's a fairly versatile back row. And then you, you've obviously got um, – it, it, the biggest person that affects is James Fisher-Harris. I mean, he's, he's becoming – his price is going to go way down. Yeah. So, um, and he sort of becomes irrelevant. I think the biggest question that people are asking about the Panthers is how's Jerome Luai going to go and is he a play this week? Um, and with, you know, is is Mansell a player to get in? I think Mansell is a good buy. Um, I don't know whether I'll be able to fit him in because you can't get everyone in. Um, and if I had Luau, um, I would be keeping him and, I, and I'd probably look to play him in my 17, but I won't be buying him in. Yeah, I own him and I'm looking closely at playing my 17 with goal-kicking duties with Cleary out. So I'll read you a quick little excerpt from Sammy Williams's article from yesterday talking about the the playmakers, young playmakers who are going to benefit from this, from this little break with Michael Morgan out, Nathan Cleary out. Um, he said, it's a big opportunity for each player, this time at the Penrith halves, um, it's a big opportunity for each player to play a more hands-on approach without the chief play, playmaker. I don't see either of the two, Burton or Luai, taking a traditional first receiver approach like Cleary can do. I think they'll play a more left and right side approach. Who sees more of the football will depend on game plans and who they target in the opposition defence. He goes on to say, I think it will put more onus on Hook Appy Corris out to control the game. And with the new rules on ruck infringement, I can see him having a very dominant role over the next few weeks. Very interesting for Appy. We know how good he is. Everyone should own him anyway, but... You know, he could be a sneaky VC or C captain. Um, what do you reckon there, Spy? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, it would be a bold play, especially given Appy's injury history, and he does sometimes have the ability to go low in Supercoach. So I wouldn't be VCing or seeing him, but very promising for all us owners. And Makes sense, make. though. Yeah, absolutely. And he also mentioned in the article that he might make more tackles because they'll try to be wearing out Appy as sort of a main vocal point of attack. So he may make a heap of tackles as well. So, look, it's pointing up. I won't be skippering him or vicing him, but, you know, fair shout nonetheless. Mm, definitely. Um, heaps going on at the Knights as well. Texoy replacing Caelan Ponga, suspension round four at fullback, and Connor Watson starts at hooker this week in place of injured Jaden Braley. New signing, Andrew McCullough, who's not, not yet been named in the 21, although I expect him to probably be there next week. So don't get too excited about Connor Watson at hooker, particularly with Chris Randall on the bench. Sion Poutia replaces Mitch Barnett in the back row, and that is it at Newcastle. Uh, big news here for Anari Chual owners, Gurmat Shibasaki owners. They've kept their spot despite Bradman Best being available, who's been named on the extended bench. Uh, Walson, thoughts at Newcastle? <coughs> Uh, yeah, not a lot. I mean, um, with when you take Ponger out, there's there's not really a lot there. I, I know there's a number of people that are looking at Clemmer uh, as a, a sort of like a, a, a expensive pot in the front row. He's a solid. Clemmer gives you what um, you pay for. Um, so I think he, he's good and his offloading is promising for this year, but I, I'd prefer to go for Alex Toir. Um But apart from that, yeah, I mean, with, with Chris Randall on the bench and, you know, Andrew McCulloch getting signed this week, I don't think you could bring in Connor Watson. <clears throat> Spite? Just quickly on Clemmer, I'm a little concerned about his minutes. They've been a, a fair bit down the first two games. He's made up for it with his points per minute. 
Um, and as well said, plenty of offloading. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be jumping towards him just yet with those minutes because if he's if it goes off his career averages of, of how he scored, then he's going to probably drop drop points and cash this year. I'd be a little bit worried there. Yeah, um, just on Kalen Ponga, heaps and heaps and heaps of questions throughout the week about do we hold or sell Kalen Ponga? I'm a strong advocate for a hold for Ponga. I think people are looking into it too much. I mean, he's averaging 82 points per game over the first two rounds. Um, the issue is that he returns to games against the Raiders and the Storm, which is a worry, but I still don't think he's a sell. Um, Spy, you're an owner. What are you doing? I'm actually a sell, and it's not because I don't like Ponga. I absolutely love the boy, but... I've had a little plan from the start of the season. I wanted to get to Tommy Trevojevic as quickly as possible. And just because Pappenhausen's worth so much less, and I really, really rate Pap, Ponga's probably got one to go. Suspension's sort of falling into my hands a little bit. And then that tough run versus the Storms Canberra Mans, I'll probably move him on. In fact, I am going to move him on this week for Scotty Drinkwater and then upgrade Drinkwater to Tommy T very shortly. Yeah. Do you own Ponga Wilson? I don't. That's that's a brave play, actually, given uh, what he averages, and he's probably I imagine he's in for a, a price rise. But I understand like uh, how the spy feels because I'm start I start the feeling uneasy about not having Tedesco. Some there's there's sort of a train of thought that you know there's there's people that feel really uneasy about not having Turbo, and then there's people that feel really uneasy about not having Teddy. The way the prices were at the start of the season, it was really hard to have – well, it was nearly impossible to have both of them. And then it was really hard to even have one of them because they were so highly priced. But I was listening to the Champions podcast uh, with Wilfred uh, – and what's the other lad's name? Um, Bear, I think it is. Bear. Sorry. Great man, Bear, yeah. He's a funny man, Bear. Yeah, yeah, and Bear, yeah, Bear. Yeah, I know this is his nickname. But anyway, he was saying that he's actually going back to Turbo and Teddy. So I don't know how he's doing that with the makeup of his team. He must have some cheapies in the centre wing or um, in the second row. I'd be interested to see his team makeup. But um, he he's a fairly – I think he's a good voice on, on it and that type of thing. And he's just gone, nah, with all the points, I'm going straight back to Teddy and – and turbo, um, so it's, that, that, that's an interesting play for me. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. Moving on to the last game of the round, which is why everyone's so interested in Tommy Chaboyevich, despite the monster break even. Uh, Seagulls versus Bulldogs, 6.30 Sunday night at Central Coast Stadium at Manly. Corey Waddell and Taniela Paseca returning place from Morgan Boyle and Hamole Olakotoa on the interchange. Uh, not a lot's changed at Manly, to be honest. So I don't even need to look into them too much. They've named a near-identical 17 to round two. Um, we know Fanua Blake and Tapao are both decent buyers, but probably not just yet. Um, spy anything at Manly? or? Yeah, just close close to watch on Fanua Blake, Tapao and Jakey Trevojevic. Now he's hopefully come back from his injuries just to see if that affects his game at all and he starts potentially running more. Um, and then just on Tommy Troy, which we just talked about, I hope the Bulldogs can really unite and have a dogs of war effort and keep him under 70 so I can pick him up cheaper next week. That'd be lovely. So fire up, lads. Yeah. Walton? Uh, I think Fanua Blake's uh, of, of most interest to me, but I don't think it's a rush to get him in. He's, he's always going to be a pod player and he's a player that I might look to get in at some stage throughout the year. Obviously, I'll just keep my fingers crossed for Turbo that he doesn't go too big being a non-owner. Um, with the Bulldogs, uh, I don't know if you touched on those, but um, 
what some, one thing that the spy said there about dogs of war? I, I wonder with this new uh, interpretations from the referees whether sides like the Bulldogs will be more likely to get blown out like a Titans because they won't be able to, you know, use the spoiling tactics, you know, because blokes are going to get put in the bin or there's going to be six again. There'll just be a build-up of pressure. So that's what I'm really interested with the Bulldogs because they are, talent-wise, they're, they're a bit like the Warriors and Titans this year. They're down on talent. Uh, it probably, I think probably if you look through their side, one to, one to 17, they've probably got the least amount of talent in the side of any NRL side. Um but you know whether they whether they can sort of sustain those effort things where they sort of spoil and test the rules, I think is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's like, a really well, good point, well, and and maybe it's the reason for. I mean, we've seen Aiden Tolman drop out of the the seventeen, which was a really interesting one for me. Um, a guy who the club have loved a fair bit in the past, but I mean, it, it could be a fair shout. And just quickly on the dogs. Jack Cogger is replacing Brandon Wakeham, who was a pretty popular cheapie at the start of the season, so he's now a sell. Uh, Kieran Fawn's still on the sideline. Suwaso Sue and Dean Britt replace Aiden Tolman and Joe Stimson, who's out for the season in the forwards, uh, with Ogden joining the bench. Um, look, there's not too much to talk about there, so I think we can pretty well skip past the dogs. Dean Britt to a watch in the back row, pending. If he gets decent minutes there, he could be an option in coming weeks. Um, but aside from there, not much going on. Wrap up there, lads. Uh, let's have a quick captain's call about who we're looking at for this week. There are a fair few options, but I mean, there's a pretty obvious one standing out there, which I think we'll all be looking at. Um, Spy, who are you, VC, and seeing? I'm thinking about VCing Haas and maybe having a crack at Tamaloa against the Titans. Maybe hope he can drag a try or maybe a line break or two. Uh, that's sort of where my head's at at the moment. Yeah, I'm the exact same. I, I couldn't go past Tamaloa, especially I'm bringing him in this week after not starting with him. Um, just that matchup against the Titans, if he bags a couple of tries, he couldn't score anything this week. So I don't think it's worth the risk of going elsewhere. Walson? Uh, yeah, um, the, the players I'm looking at are mainly Tedesco, uh, if I bring him in. And, yeah, pretty much Tedesco. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean Tamalolo and Haas, maybe one of them all, because um, they're early games, I might VC them if they go off. But Tedesco is the one. Uh, I'm really interested in. Yeah, Teddy at, at pretty low ownership, um, especially among all the the overall players who are going for the top of the ranking. He'd, he'd be a massive pod captain this week. So, you know, it's a really good shout. Walton, I'll jump in quickly, mate. Um, just make sure you check the weather on Friday in Sydney. We've had a fair bit of rain around. So if it's still raining, you might want to steer clear of that one. Oh, if it's raining, I won't even bring Teddy in. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, because it does make a difference one week. He could lose, you know, 50K if he gets a 40 or, or something like that, and then he'll have a big break even. So that's the sort of stuff that's key um, with only 18 weeks to go for sure. Yep. Yeah. For anyone keen on a sneaky punt, you can jump onto Draft Stars. Basically what it is, for anyone that doesn't know, it's daily, daily fantasy sports betting. So effectively you're betting on Supercoats. They use a slightly different uh, scoring system, but the Spy's a bit of a gun at it. He had a stack of success in the first couple of rounds. Um, he'll be doing previews across the weekend of all the games um, to help you out with it if you are keen. So if you do want to have a look at that, jump onto our website and there's there's links on the, on the homepage and then the stories will obviously be there as well. Well, um, so you're welcome to have a crack at that if interested. All right, let's jump into a few questions because we had heaps coming through uh, ahead of round three. We'll start with Mark Smiley Steele. Hey, guys, glad to be back. 
I'm torn between getting either Madison or Stags. I can only do the one with my other trades more demanding. It's essentially a points v cash for this round. Already this round, he's already traded in Coruscant, Taumalolo, um, Elisa Katoa, and Masters. So a fair few guns there already. Boys, Madison, who has a pretty steady break, even or Stags, who's going to make a lot of money. Spy? Probably just lean towards Stags uh, because of the money he's going to make and also the fact he's a centre. Without seeing your centre lineup, mate, it just it shores that up a little bit for you. Um, and just the cash-making potential plus Stags' ability to turn up at times, I probably find it hard to go past. I'm lucky enough to be getting both in because I love Madison as well, so it's a tough question. You can always get Maddo next week potentially. Wilson, what are you doing, mate? Yeah, it's it's hard to say without seeing his centre wings, but um, yeah, that rationale is is fair. I think you need to, if you if you really need a marquee centre wing, I could understand you getting in stags for all the reasons Spy said in in uh, before and also in previous podcasts. Like he, he's a fairly low risk um, over the next two weeks, he's going to make you a lot of money. But Maddo is a player that I really want to get into my side as well, so. I uh, don't think I really answered your question there, but I prefer Maddo. I'm, I'm probably not going to bring in Stags at this stage, but I might I might waver come, uh, what is it, Thursday night? Yeah, we, we were going to talk about our five trades this week, but with the, the changes to the teams and a lot of different things going on, it's just going to be too hard, but um, they'll be across a couple of articles over the next few days who we're trading in if we haven't spoken about it already. Um, on that one, I will say one thing on my tactics this week. I'm a bit worried about the the lack of security in the centre wings and, and solid scorers, whereas guys like Katoa, Flegler, Carrigan, um, Tapanay, Horsburgh, these guys I think you can make a really strong bench out of um, and play them in your 17s pretty confidently. So I'm tending to look more towards strengthening up my centre wings with Stags and Yo and these sort of guys. So... I'm tempted to do that at this stage. Um, so, Lockie Patton says, thoughts on holding on to Cleary rather than selling and playing Luai in your team this week? Spite? I don't, I don't mind playing Luai. Um, I think that's not a bad option, but Cleary for two weeks with the amount of trades we have and the amount of money he's worth, I think you just you need to bring someone else in, mate, whether it's Drinkwater, Dylan Brown, someone like that, because you, know, you could have someone that's making 100 to 150K for you in those two weeks. Um, that doesn't mean don't play Luai because I'll be playing him as well, but I think you can make cash by getting really clear for a few weeks provided you can get him back. In a couple well, of well, so any cash to hold clearing? Uh, I think there is a big case, and and you know I've been through my trades and reversed them a couple of times, and and in a number of them I've had Cleary and Fafita on the bench just purely because I think that's a that's a podish play where you um, don't need to worry about getting them back in, and I think a lot of people are thinking, oh well I'll just back in, but it's not as easy as that, particularly if they both come back on the same week. Um, I know Fafita isn't a clear three weeks, he might come back next week, he might come back, you know, later. So, um, but if they both come back on that third week, um, trust me, you're going to have other things you want to do with your two trades. Uh, so, and it won't be that easy to get two players worth 1.13 million back into your side. So I, I actually don't mind the play if you can do it. Yeah, yep, in, two weeks, yeah in two weeks' time, Blake Braley to Harry Grant, 
I mean, just about every serious person in Supercoach is going to be making that trade. So I mean, <clears> one trade gone already. So I think there's a serious case to hold either of Cleary or Fafida. Um, I know Cleary takes up more of the cap, but at least you know he's definitely back in two weeks. So a bit of food for thought there. Um, this is a real good question from Adrian Musket. Thoughts on captain choices over the first few rounds. Are we expecting big game forwards such as Payne Haas and Tao Malolo, et cetera, to see a dip in minutes with only a mini preseason before the comp resumes? Wilson, what do you reckon? I don't expect it with Payne Haas because if you rewind back to the way he started his career, or I mean, I think he started his career off the bench maybe two years ago, but uh, actually the first year, which was last year where he sort of exploded, he got suspended for some issues with his family and he was out for the first four or five weeks and I can't remember him being eased in at all. Yeah. That's why we were so compelled by it. Like, you know, it was, and basically they were spruiking it. Like the Broncos were like, this bloke's a freak of nature, you know, like uh, physically, you know, similar to Tamalala, even more so than Tamalala, he can play big minutes. So I don't expect that Payne Haas will be any different. He, you know, he'd be, he would be at home running those big hills that, that he ran, you know, when he was uh, a teenager. So I, I don't see an issue with him. Other just, players, what about just forwards in general returning? Oh, definitely. You know, and, and it's a case-by-case basis, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have concerns about Leilua a little bit because he's had problems in the past with that type of thing. But uh, by all reports, he's, he's stripping fairly fit. So I hope he plays 80 minutes. Um, but players like that, yeah, you have to consider um, Papali for for Canberra. Yeah, you know, uh, you know course coaches are going to lean on the side of, um, <laughs> of probably giving them less minutes if they if they think they're going to be cooked out there. So yeah, it, it, you definitely have to take it into consideration. Yeah, uh, from Pat Joseph, if you can only afford to have one of Asako and Stags, who would you choose and why, Spy? Dead set split on this, but I think Stag's upside may outweigh Asako's probably base with his goal kicking and fullback runs, but I'd probably stay with Stag's just because of his natural talent and ability for tries on end. Wilson? Yeah, I think what's tormenting me about Stag's is I was pretty comfortable with the decision to go against what everyone's doing, and then I read an article or someone said something and they said, it was just a comment, I think, in a forum, and they said, well... You know, of course, Stags is going to go well because Boyd's on the other side, and you're not, not being disparaging about Boyd, but like that made a real point to me is that there isn't really an attacking threat on the left side, is there? You know, with Boyd, he's not a natural centre, so a lot of the attack for uh, you know for the Bronx is either going to be up the middle, um, off Milford, or it will be Stags. So that's sort of given me pause. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with that's a great shout, but I, I'm with the spy in that I just I like Stag's upside over probably a bit more safety in Asako, but again he's goal kicking in a red hot side, so it, it, it it's splitting hairs a little bit. I've but, got the both put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Smith, do you think it's worth going hard on the likes of Teddy versus slash Turbo V Dogs? And ignoring their BEs, I mean, I think you're both bringing one of them each. So that answers that question. Yep, take the take the points over value. Part two of the question, though, also getting in with Sharks plays with that draw, e.g. E- SJ, um, Noodles. I'm not sure who Noodles is, but <laughs> um, keen on the Sharks with their draw, Spy. 
Look, I had a quick look at it today, actually, the Sharks, Drew. I'm not sure it's as easy as it's cracked up to be. Um, So I'm not looking too big into the draw for the Sharks with my answer to that one. That's not to say I don't get them, but it's not like they're playing the Titans every week, for example. Um, I think they'll still be tough games of footy nonetheless. Yeah. However, I do think <clears throat> just reading um forums and a lot of things on social media that in this discussion of halves to replace Nathan Cleary with, I think Sean Johnson, who's relatively low ownership, has been enormously overlooked. I mean, I'm an owner, and I hope it stays that way because with their, their nice enough draw, um, I can't believe nearly everyone isn't going SJ, SJ, SJ. He, he flopped a little bit against Melbourne um, in round two, but so does everyone against Melbourne. Went nuts in round one. Um, I'm all in on SJ there. Anton Possa. We've been talking about BJ Leilua as a sell for weeks, but with the new draw, is he a hold? He plays the Titans in two weeks, and the price drop isn't that much of an issue if you're holding. He could easily outscore Stags over the next two rounds. What do you think, Wilson? Yeah, that's the type of lateral thinking that you know might make the difference uh, against the pack. You know, a lot of people are going to go to Stags because he's the low risk play, and they think that you know what they've seen in the first two two weeks is going to be replicated. That's not necessarily the case. There's been a really big break, so more than ever. Um, it's more than likely that momentum could have been stopped for one player and then momentum builds for another player. Depend- and, and, and it is match-up dependent for, for those type of players. You know, Stagg scored 120 or something, but he scored three tries and some of them were a sort of bounce of the ball type of tries as well. So um, I, I think that's that's sound reasoning. Yep. Um, I've got a question of my own for both of you to intrigue you get your thoughts. It's easy to fall into the trap of looking at matchups. We've seen that in the past and expecting teams to be easy. They turn on a good defensive performance and all of a sudden you've loaded up on players and, you know, everything's gone out the window. Um, are we reading into the Titans being soft opposition a little bit too much or is it just straight cut, they're going to be a big big team to score against? Uh, what do you reckon, Spy? Yeah, it's always concerning because in the back of my head, I think they've had that opening two weeks where they were pretty horrific, but things didn't go their way in the second round either against the Eels. They sort of started okay and fell away. I don't think you can definitely say they're going to be absolutely rubbish every week. That's for sure. They're going to have their weeks where they're going to win games. That's just that's the nature of the NRL. But certainly it gives you a much more chance at scoring a big ton against them than obviously like Melbourne, Roosters, Canberra and those guys. But, you know, they're not, not going to be locking thrashings every week, no doubt. Yeah, Wilson? Yeah, I think uh, Titans, St. George, uh, South Sydney and the Broncos to a lesser degree are the best four sides to play. Um, But with these new rules, like I said, spoiling teams like the Bulldogs um, and the Warriors to a certain extent, I think those two teams that have less talent but try to spoil uh, they may become teams that, that get flogged as well. So it's something to keep a close eye on. Matchups don't always work. Like, I mean, we could be sitting here next week talking about how Drinkwater got 25. He's not a high base player. Um, you know, Clifford could go out there and score 120 or something yeah. like against the Titans or maybe the Titans jag a win against the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are definitely a top eight side and they're missing Michael Morgan. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't always play out the way it should, for sure. Yeah. Um, one last question to finish from Luke Armour. Is Mitch Moses for Drinkwater crazy as a two-week cash grab plus fixtures as a stepping stone to Cleary and 
as an antipod move on Moses, um, Spy? Um, it's maybe overthinking it a little bit. Um, in it, it could absolutely work, first of all. So if you want to do it, mate, back yourself in and have a crack. Um, but Moses could still make 50, 60K as well and, and score well potentially. He plays at Suncorp this week in dry weather, so that's promising for owners because it's a good scoring track, Suncorp. Interesting to see how the Broncos' defence holds up. Um, in short, it, it may well pay off, but I I don't think it's a definite move. I wouldn't do it, put it like that. I think there's more, more options to go for drink water. Yeah, uh, I have Moses, and I'm keeping him because he's got a relatively low break even, and I sort of committed to him after a lot of, you know, thought during the off-season. I wasn't convinced with round one and round two, but I'm going to give it a couple more rounds, and I figure that he's an easy, um, you know, upgrade to Cleary. So he gives me – that. that's my get-out if I actually do get rid of Cleary. Um, so – uh, if he goes really good, then I've got a bit of an issue. But um, yeah, I think it's I think whatever play that you have, like these type of plays, is you just got to you know really work out the reasoning behind it. And if it's got sound reasoning, then you just got to go with it, and and hopefully it works out for you. But um, I, I think that's a fair play what they're saying. But um, you got to yeah, you got to be aware. Drinkwater doesn't have any goal kicking. He's fairly flaky type of player. So a lot. Hinges on that first week against Skull Coast Titans. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I'm going to leave Supercoach with one last thought that was already touched on by Wilson, but teams could change so much over the course of the weekend. Um, you know, weather dependent. You know, coaches might have different ideas about the new rules, anything. So just if you can, do your best to wait until the last minute to make your trade and your captaincy decisions and all that. Um, while it's something you should be doing as best as possible every week, this weekend it's massive with five trades available and teams chopping and changing. So be careful of that. Lads, great chat tonight. Wilson, thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, boys. Really enjoyed it. Got it. Spy? Thanks, gents. Enjoy the weekend of footy and we'll, uh, we'll get back into it next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.